0: Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Help me welcome our online campus if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're continuing on a series called Bless Up, and we're looking at um, keys that will unlock, keys to inviting God's blessings into our life. And as we look at these keys, we're also going to discover some things that probably might even be blocking some blessings in our life. How many of you have ever had a bad attitude? Okay. You know, bad attitude. I mean, you know, with your own kids, it's like, no, you're not going anywhere, and you're not getting that until you straighten up your attitude. You know, so sometimes our attitude can displace us, you know, from being uh, in the proper place to receive all that God has for us. But we want to look at some keys. This is exciting. This is energizing for us. And um, we, we want to understand this as well, that all blessings come from God. God is the source. God is the source of all blessings, we sang a little bit about that this morning too. That all blessings come from God. You know, sometimes somebody sneezes, and what do we say? We say, "Bless you." That's a whole different use of of those words. And sometimes, how many of you know you can't really bless yourself? You know, God is the source of blessings. People bless us, but the ultimate source of blessing would be God. And I do believe this, though, that all blessings come through relationships. And so uh, all of this ties together. Now, to be blessed, by definition, is to be happy, to be highly favored, to be fortunate uh, as by the divine grace of God. And you need to understand that blessings, uh, that covers every area of life, every area of life. Do not confine or have too small of an idea of what blessing is. Blessing is not just money and stuff. Blessing has to do with every area of life. And God wants to bless us in that way. And, and here's the thing about it. When God blesses us, my definition, my takeaway of this would, would be this, that you're helped by God. You're helped by God. How many of you would like to be helped by God? Now, think about your marriage. Would you like your marriage to be blessed or helped by God? Your finances, your health, your, your endeavors, whatever it would be, your problems, you know, that we would have God to, to help us. And that ultimately is what blessing is about in our life. And when we're helped by God, I believe it is obvious. Are you all here? I believe it is obvious when, when we are helped by God. Do you remember seventh grade science fair? It was real obvious which projects came in their parents had helped them. Am, am I right? My parents did not help me, and it was obvious. Or take a three, three-year-old little girl and her hairdo. It is obvious if mom helped her or if dad helped her. Are you, are you hearing me? And so in life, we want the help of God, and it is obvious when the blessing and help of God is on us and when it is not. And, and let's, let's think broad about blessing in this sense too. We're not just talking about having some blessings in life, but having a life that is blessed, a life that is blessed in every regard. It's not only God's intentions for us, but it is, it is also our goal. And as I've tried to just boil down what all This has to do with, it's ultimately that we are a people that are becoming, if you know it, hop in with me, are becoming more and more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. Why? So we can be a blessing and then we're being a blessing that ultimately brings glory to God. So we have to get to that place. So it should be a desire, it should be a goal that we have a life that is blessed so in fact we can be a blessing to others. You do realize not everyone is living under God's blessings and that also is obvious and it's very concerning too. It's what we see in the news. It's what we see in, in our society today. It's what we see maybe down the street, maybe in our own home, but we see we see people not living with the blessing of God and here's here's the, the downside of that. Not only does that create havoc in their own life but then if we're blessed to be a blessing, you can't give what you don't have but you will pass on what you are. So if if you're a mess, you're going to pass on a mess. Hurt people hurt people. You know, and on and on it goes. And what we need is, and, and it's what God, I believe, is getting our attention to. He wants to work in our life, He wants to help us in such a way so that our life is blessed, so we can pass on blessing and the help of God rather than a mess in our life. If you're with me, say amen on that today. Well, today I want to share with you two questions. And three keys, okay? So you know where we're going. Two questions we're going to address, and I'm we'll to share three keys as we find out about having a life that is blessed. First question, actually, we looked at last week, but I have to repeat it so we can kind of get some good groundwork for today. And the question is this. What causes one life to be blessed and another life not blessed? What causes one life to be more blessed than another life? And I jokingly said to you last week, it's because God likes some people way more than he likes others. And that's not true, is it? No, not at all. In fact, God does not play favorites. And God does not show partiality. So that's not it. Also, we understand that God will bless you as much as he can. Understand that. He will bless you as much as he can. So still we see, you know, a difference between a life that is blessed and life is not as blessed or not not blessed at all. Ultimately, what it comes down to this, God can only bless that which is blessable. And if that's a new word to you, it's a new word to all of us. I made it up last week, okay? So God can only bless what is blessable. And so what we want to do is arrange our life in such a way that our life is blessable. And uh, that's what he blesses. Now, I'd asked you last week to read Deuteronomy 28. Did anybody do that? Did anybody read Deuteronomy 28? Seven of you, this is, this is awesome, this is awesome. The rest of you, give me a lap. No. Nah. Go ahead and read it though, not right now, but try to read it this week. And ultimately what it does, and I'll just break it down for you, and it's not the only place, it's just this is a real rich and clear portion of Scripture where we see that if you obey God and walk in His ways, you'll be blessed. If you obey God, walk in His ways, you'll be blessed. So Deuteronomy 28 boiled down into two sentences. Obedience brings blessings. Read that with me. Obedience brings blessings. You obey him, walk in his ways. He's going to help you. He's going to help you. Second part, equally true and strong, disobedience brings curse. Read that with me. Disobedience brings curse. How many of you know these these are both true? I ain't making this up, y'all. Okay, so obedience brings blessings. Disobedience brings curse. Disobedience can actually block the blessing. And really what curse is, it's, it's the opposite of blessing. It also can be the absence of blessing. And so it can be passive. It could be active. But it is the opposite or the absence of the help of God that we so desperately need and want in our lives. So the thread that's going to run through this whole series And I want want to go ahead and make sure you're real clear on this that sums everything up that we're talking about. Here we go right here. Do what he says and watch what he does. Come and read that with me as well. Do what he says. Watch what he does. And and if you do what he says, you're blessable. And then he he will bless you. Amen. Now, when we talk about all this obedience, disobedience, and all of that, sometimes people get tripped up and think, so this is about Perfection. No, it's not about perfection. We don't do perfection. We can't, we can't handle perfection. Nor is it about performance. Some people confuse that. And I would say that's ill-informed and immature approach, really, to think that if we do what he says to do, that's some kind of performance. Not at all. And it's not perfection either. Really what it's about is this. It is all about alignment. Everybody say alignment. <laughs> alignment. Alignment alignment, that we have things in line with God, that we're cooperating with God. A person, a life, an effort, a family, a thing that is blessed by God is in alignment with what God would say is blessable. If something's out of alignment, it doesn't work right. And if something's out of alignment, it's not going to end well. So, for example, the tires on your car. You know, if, you're, if your tires are out of alignment on the front, Y'all with me? Do y'all have cars? Everybody's just looking at me like, huh? Okay. So you're driving your car and it's, if it's out of alignment, it's going to be pulling one way or another because it's not lined up right. And so it's not working quite right. And then over the course of time, everybody say time. time. You're going to wear out those tires. It's going to, it's going to end up, you know, be, being a hazard. And I had you repeat time because of this, because God is patient. I say, God is patient. And you can be out of alignment, and He doesn't come and just pop you on the back of the head. He gives you some time. Anybody glad about the time? You know, He gives you, he gives you some time, and He's working, and He's nudging you, and He's reminding you. And, you know, we stay out of alignment, you know, and He's long suffering, and He's slow to anger. Um, I'm not. You're not either. I told y'all, if I was God, I'd be fixing stuff way sooner than he does. <laughs> but he's all wise. He's got the big picture. We trust him. There's situations sometimes and I think, God, now. But I trust you. You know, because he's got the big picture. But, he, you know, we can be out of alignment with our tires. We can be out of alignment with your back, with your spine. You ever had that? Oh, you know. And then what do you got to do? You got to go get an adjustment to get back in line. Your bike can be out of alignment. Your calendar, your schedules, you're trying to coordinate something with somebody, there's not alignment there. Or yesterday I was watching on TV golf. I was watching the Honda Classic from Palm Beach Gardens in beautiful Florida. I like golf, but on TV it is boring. I think it's in slow motion. So I think what they need to do is they need to pre-record it, play it back, and give it a soundtrack. You know, I think that would help. Don't, how many of you think that would help? Just, I'm watching yesterday, and it's already going so slow. And all these guys are awesome. You know, they're, they're amazing golfers. And, and now this guy's on. There's millions of people watching. And he's doing this. And I'm wanting to say, bro, it's on. People are watching. The cameras are on you now. What is he doing? He's lining up his shot. He takes his time. He gets his caddy looking on it too. I work hard for you people. But, But what he's doing. What is it all about? It's about alignment. No, what is it about? It's about a couple million dollars is what it's about. Well, your life is worth much more than that, and we've got to get our lives in alignment with what God says is blessable or not, or it's not going to work right, and it won't end up well. Look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And you shall do what is right and good, notice that, right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you. That sounds like blessing. And that you may go in and possess the good land. This is always symbolic of promises and blessings. The good land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Look also in Deuteronomy chapter 12. Observe and obey all these words which I command you that, you, that it may go well with you. Blessing. And your children after you forever when you do, notice again, what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. So... When we do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord, then we see his blessing. So don't just ask God to bless what you're doing. Don't just ask God to bless something. Find out what he blesses and then do that. Find out how he says to do something and do that. And you align yourself so that the blessing of God can come to you. And when you align with what is blessable... Then blessing comes to you. God's help will come to you. Amen? Amen. Or you can block it. I have a good friend, he's a businessman here in town, and I was in his office a year or so ago, and I noticed this big, fancy umbrella, and it had a, I could see a logo of a resort on it. And so I said, hey man, nice umbrella. And he said, let me tell you a story about that. He'd taken his family away uh, for a few days, and they'd stayed at this resort. And they're packing up to leave, and, and right by the closet, he saw this big umbrella. And he thought, man, I'd like to have that. So he said, I think I'll, I'll just take it. He's just thinking all of this. And all of a sudden, something else rose up in him and thought, don't block your blessings. Don't block your blessings on this over an umbrella. But he wanted the umbrella. So he thought, though, I need to do what is good and right. I'm overlaying this. So he calls the front desk and asks him, hey, I noticed this awesome umbrella in the room. I was wondering how I might would get one. And the front desk lady said, well, we have them in our gift shop, but you know what? You go ahead and take that one. Compliments of us. Okay? So he got the umbrella, but he got it blessed. He could have had the umbrella and not been blessed. How many of you know blessed is best? I hadn't planned on saying that, but that was pretty good. Blessed is is best. And so why steal? Why do something that's not good and right in the sight of the Lord and mess up the blessing of God when God is just waiting to bless you with favor and goodness and benefit in your life? Amen? And it's a choice. It's always a choice. Look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 30. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose, and it gives you a good good, big clue, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And just because of the structure of the language here, if you choose that you may live and have blessing. It is a choice. Everybody say, it is a choice so here's our second question our second question how then can i know how can i know what is good and right in the sight of the lord how can i know what is good and right in the sight of the lord we read it two different times in the proverbs that there's a way that seems right everybody say seems right there's a way that seems right to a a person but the end of it in does not end well okay it ends in death ends in destruction seems right if it's not quite it's not right and if it Seems right, you need more than seems right. We want to know that things are good and right in the sight of the Lord. Like you pull out some milk, well, it's still white. It's just last year. That was a good year for milk. No, seems right could end wrong. Okay? We want to know that it's right. So here's our keys. Here's our keys. So How can I know what is good and right in the sight of the Lord? The first key, and you knew I was gonna go here today. Go ahead, first key, God's Word. Everybody say it, God's Word. God's Word. And so this is the Bible. And this is what we need to do with the Bible. The Bible needs to become the standard for your life. The Bible, look at me. The Bible needs to be, it needs to be not only the standard, but you need to give it authority in your life. Give it authority in your life. So that when you're seeking, what do I do about this? What do I do about them? what the Word of God says to you, that is the highest authority in your life. The Word of God addresses everything. Any, any potential situation you can come up with, the Word of God addresses it either specifically or by principle. And so it's here. So if, if what, what God's Word says, and, and you want God's Word rather than just what your two friends say or what they're saying on TV... Or what Oprah and Dr. Phil say. Okay? If it doesn't line up with God's Word, then, hey, folks, I've got to go with God's Word. I've got to go with God's Word of what is good and right. If they agree, then that's awesome. Okay? God's Word reveals what is good and right. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration, and profitable for instruction. Profitable for, re- for reproof and conviction of sin. For correction of error and discipline in obedience. That's what we're talking about. And for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. What God says is good and right. So that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Sounds like helped by God. And so we see this from God's word. And the commands of God are not burdensome. 1 John 5, 3 says this. The commandments of God are not burdensome. They're not oppressive. They're not heavy. They're not put on you for busy work. Listen to me. The commands of God show us what gives us life, and they show us what takes life away. So if God would, by his commands, tell us what gives us life and tell us what takes life away, do you know what that is, actually? That's love. That's love. That he would love us that much to say, do this, and that will bring you life. Don't do that, because that will take life away from you. Um, we have five kids. I only have one left at home. So we're thinking about having some more. I don't know. No, no. no we're grandbabies. We're in the grandbaby zone now. Got another one coming in just a couple of weeks. So, um, but anyway, we five kids. And at one point, it seemed like there were a bunch of them, and they were all little. And we had a minivan, and we keep them in their little car seats, and they're all strapped in. And so we'd get somewhere, and I'm letting them out in the parking lot. I'd unstrap one and take them out of their little box. Uh, <laughs> we used boxes. <laughs> I'd take them out of their little seat, and then I'd take them out in the parking lot, and I'd put them on the white line. And I would say, white line. And I'd get another one out and go, white-lined, because I wanted them to stay on the white line. You go, Pastor, that was very restrictive. Children need to be free. They need to express themselves. They need to not have all these performance requirements on them. They need to express. No, I love my kids. I wanted to keep my kids. I'm, that shows what gives life or what takes it away. You, there are signs up at the zoo, you know, things like, don't hug the gorilla. Don't pet the tiger. Why? Because it shows you what gives life, what takes life away. And the Word of God is this way. If it tells you to do something it's for your good, it's going to bring life to you. And if it tells you don't do that, the reason it's telling you don't do that is because God doesn't want you to have any fun. No, God says don't do it because He knows it will take life away from you. So the first place that we find where, how, how can we find out what is right and good in the sight of the Lord is going to be from God's Word. Amen. Next key is this. How do I find out what is good and right in the sight of the Lord? Your conscience. You're not going to like this one. Go ahead and say it. Your conscience. Conscience. Your conscience is an inward God-given sense of right and wrong. It's an inward God-given sense of right and wrong. There was a time in the Bible where um, some guys, some religious leaders and some creepy guys came and they threw a lady right down in front of Jesus and said, we caught her in the very act of adultery. And Moses' law says that she's to be stoned to death. And so these religious leaders and creepy guys, the Bible doesn't say creepy guys, but come on, these were creepy guys, okay? (laughs) And they're all around, and they said, Moses' law says she should be stoned to death, and Jesus said, you know what, you're right, you're right. Let's do it this way. Whoever is without sin, you get to throw the first rock. And the Bible says they got real quiet. And then one by one, they started to just walk away. Get this, convicted by their conscience. Romans chapter 2, verse 15 says that the essential requirements, follow this, the essential requirements of God's law are written on the hearts of every person. And then our conscience either accuses us or excuses us. So listen, every person, every person, you too, Every person, the essential requirements of God, what God says is good and right in his sight is actually, you have a sense of right and wrong written on your heart even if you never saw the Bible. And then your conscience is this God-given tool to help you know what is right and what is wrong. It will either accuse you or excuse you. So you have it all on the inside. And you know what? When you're wrong, you know you're wrong. Unless, as the Bible says, you have seared your conscience. And you do that by continuing to lie, continuing to fake. And when you do that, first Timothy says you sear your conscience. It gets calloused. It gets so scarred and desensitive that you you no longer can tell. That that is a horrible condition to arrive at. You know when you're wrong. I said you know when you're wrong. How many of you, husbands and wives, you're in an argument and you're like three minutes into the argument and you ah, I am wrong but I can't let up now. <laughs> Come on, am I the only one? You know? So then 10 minutes later, yeah, but remember that time? No, this hadn't- you're wrong and you know you're wrong. We know when we're wrong. I read about a little boy. He's in a children's hospital and uh, he's just a rascal. And the chaplain came in and, and addressed this little boy. Let's just call him Timmy. And... Uh, <laughs> He said, uh, so the nurses say you've really been, been rowdy lately. He said, I'm going to make a deal with you today. I'm going to come back after lunch. And if you've been good this morning, I'm going to give you a dollar. He comes back after lunch. He stands at the foot of the bed. And the little boy's got the sheets up to here. And he said, hey. So I came to check on you. He said, I'm not even going to ask the nurses. I'm going to let you tell me for yourself how you've behaved. Do you deserve the dollar? from behind the sheets, the little boy said, um, Just give me a dime. Because you know. You know. Hey, a couple weeks ago, NBA All-Star Game, they always open the game of the National Anthem. And they had a singer named Fergie to sing the National Anthem. My personal humble opinion, it was horrible and dishonoring. Okay, wait, wait. And she had to have known. She had to know. The rest of us knew. Watch this. The rest of us knew. Listen, listen. knows (laughs) how can I know what is good and right in the sight of the Lord God's word your conscience and thirdly and lastly today godly counsel come on say it godly counsel what is godly counsel you get it from God's word you get it from God's spirit You get it at God's house. You get it from God's ministers. You get it from God's people. Listen, if you don't know what is good and right in the sight of the Lord, if you're not sure what is good and right in the sight of the Lord, ask, find out, get some godly counsel. I'm really blessed by this. I'm running more and more into people here that have had no exposure to church, no exposure to the Bible, just meeting Jesus. All of this is new and they just are not sure. They've been in culture so long that I don't, I don't know. And they're asking awesome questions like, you know, w- what does God want? And, and that is seeking godly counsel. Look with me in the, in the Proverbs real quick. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. That's not blessing. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. There's, there's help from God. Next one. Without counsel, plans go awry. That's not blessing. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. In Psalm 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. One of the reasons that person is blessed. One of the reasons that person is blessed is because they don't take the counsel, advice, and direction from people that are not walking with God, not connected with God. It doesn't say be mean to them, it doesn't say to not love them. But you don't get your counsel. You don't get your advice. You don't get your direction from people that aren't connected, not walking with God. You get godly counsel. Everybody say godly counsel. That's another way that you find out what is good and right in the sight of the Lord. Jesus preached um, a lot. A lot of teaching and preaching. Perhaps his most famous sermon was called the Sermon on the Mount. He talked about everything from loving your enemies to divorce to... Uh, prayer, to all kinds of things. And then here's his conclusion at the end of the sermon. Look, look with me here. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Next verse. Watch. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Now, this is a word picture. It's a metaphor. But what do you mean His house on a rock? It's your life. You build your life on something. You have a foundation for your life. And the rock here is that you hear and know. You hear and do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord. And a storm came and you made it. Let's go to the next verse. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Watch this. And the rain fell and the floods came. Exact same storm. The rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell. And great was the fall of it. Listen, look at me. When life is calm, when everything seems to be going okay, it doesn't seem like foundations matter much. But when a storm comes, and when there's crisis, and when there's problems, and listen, I'm not, a, I'm not a naysayer, I'm not a doom and gloomer, but I know what life is. And storms come. And problems come. And crisis comes. And when that comes, foundation matters. Foundation is everything. We're not promised that every day is just going to be Ice cream party and balloons. Life has some challenges. I love when life is going smooth. But the reality is no matter what happens, if we build our life upon a rock of finding out what God says, this is good and right in my sight. And if you'll do that, I will help you. He'll help you on the calm days. He'll help you in the middle of the storm. God will help you. And you know what? This is no place to be without God's help. This is a place where you and I can be blessed. Our life can be blessed. Storms are going to come to everybody. We want to make it through that storm and we want to pass on to others what we are. We want to be a people truly that are blessed so that we can pass it on, helped by God so we can pass it on to others. If I just boil it all down again, here it is do what He says, watch what He does. Do what he says. Watch what he does. Now, listen one second. I've got situations in my life. You've got situations in your life. You know, and there's part of me, I think I'll do this. I feel like doing this. But it always comes back to this God, what do you say is good and right in your sight? And if you do what is good and right in the sight, and I've chosen to do that in my situations, and you know what? I have peace. I'm watching God work, I'm watching God take care of things. And he will because he's God. Nobody brought him out. Nobody take him in and take take him out. Amen. Do what he says. Watch what he does. Did y'all get anything at all out of this? All right. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.